0: Welcome to Agriculture In-Depth presented by Kimball Livestock Exchange and by Sioux Nation in Fort Pierre. I'm DRG Media Group News and Farm Director Joda Heemstra. My guest is Tom McConnell. We're talking about the Scotch Highland Cattle Exhibit at the South Dakota Hall of Fame Visitor and Education Center in Chamberlain. You'll hear about it after this.
1: Safety in your cattle operation is imperative to not only you but your cattle as well. From front to back, from tube to chute, Aeroquip cattle chutes go through extensive testing to ensure reliability and safety. With an extremely user-friendly design, you're in for a smooth operation every time. Aeroquip cattle chutes are the safe equipment you can trust every step of the way. That's one benefit, but not all. For more information, see Sioux Nation in Fort Pierre, South Dakota.
0: McConnell, who is from Ballaton, Minnesota, says his idea for the Scotch Highland Cattle Exhibit developed out of some research he was doing on the breed. Oh, I think it was like in the winter of 2019, I was bored and I got
2: on the internet and I wanted to research the founding members of the American Highland Cattle Association, which was the Barry family. So I I just researched uh, Baxter, Barry, Lindell, his wife, and then Governor Tom Barry, And actually, I didn't even know Tom Barry was the governor at the time I was looking into this and about the only place I could find information on them was the South Dakota hall of fame. So I ended up going to the South Dakota hall of fame. I'm only three hours away from Chamberlain. So I drove out there and I was talking to the lady that worked there and, uh, she gave me their files. Well, I got to looking at the files and I took a bunch of the pictures that were in the files and put them on my phone. And, uh, then I threw that up on the internet, uh, in a Facebook group for South Dakota history and people came out of the woodwork explaining these pictures to me. And I just, the information just started rolling in. I didn't know that our founding members were this prominent in the state of South Dakota. So with that all kind of done, and as this information was coming in, I went to the association, which at the time I wasn't even on the board. I was just a member. And, uh, I told them, I go, hey, you guys understand that we have our 75th anniversary coming up. I go, that would be a good idea to have a display on our founding members at the South Dakota Hall of Fame being three of them are inducted. And the association loved the idea. And we just proceeded from there. I started dealing with the the Hall of Fame and uh, we we got the display going. It didn't really take off though until this year, early this spring, because it was such a harsh winter, I couldn't get out to South Dakota much. But I got to visit quite a few Berry family members, got a lot of memorabilia and uh, photographs. And the Hall of Fame put on a remarkable display for the the Berries.
0: I guess I should maybe back up a little bit and have you tell me a little bit about American Highland cattle. What are some of the well-known traits of the cattle? What are some of the things that make that particular breed stand out?
2: Well, they're hardy. They're a moderate frame breed, a little bit smaller than like your continental breeds like your Simmentals and whatnot that most of your commercial guys raise. And that was actually one of some of the research I wanted to do too. I wanted to know why they were here. And it was their hardiness, their hair, their ability to withstand the harsh weather on the high plains is why they were brought to this country. And the, the first ones, the first known guy to bring them brought them into Southeast Montana, imported them and brought them there. And he wanted an animal that could withstand the kind of winters after his ranch was devastated in the the 1886-87 winter, which was called the Big Die-Up, where millions of head died that winter. So he wanted a little bit hardier breed to mix in with his, uh, which at the time most of those cattle were Texas cattle. And the berries, when they came into it, they were looking for the same thing. Uh, One thing the berries did very well on their ranch was crossbreeding uh, breeds that could withstand the heat, but could also withstand the harsh winters out there near the Badlands. And that's why they looked into the highlands. But they're, they're known for that, for being able to withstand the harsh weather. Uh, uh, the meat is very, it's very good meat, uh, very lean meat. Uh, it's, they don't carry the back fat that like your, a lot of your traditional commercial breeds do. They don't need it because they have a double hair coat. Uh, they got they have a thick layer of hair uh, that's really thick and plush. And then over that is those long hairs that everybody sees and that, that they're famous for. Those long hairs shed uh, snow and rain. Uh, so they, they don't get soaked to the bone uh, down to the skin. They, they stay. you can stick your fingers into the, their hair after a heavy rain and they're very dry and warm underneath there. So they were, they were ideal for crossbreeding also. And that's like I said, why the, uh, Baxter Berry originally got them for the ranch. He had quite a few breeds there that he was experimenting with.
0: We've mentioned uh, Baxter Berry and the Berry family and their connection to the American Highland cattle or the Scotch Highland cattle in South Dakota. George Bridge is another name that you kind of accidentally tripped over, but he had a pretty good impact on that breed as well. Let's talk about that.
2: Yeah, he was a, he was a showman in his own right. Uh, he was good for propaganda for the breed, for promotion. He got his Highlands, he wanted... He, uh, if you know his story, he wanted to get his oxen team, so he built his ox cart. And then he decided he wanted Highlands to pull it. So he contacted the Berries, Baxter Berry, to get his first Highlands. So that's his connection to the breed and the association. He was never a member to our knowledge. But anyway, when I, I found his picture at the Hall of Fame in Lindell's file, I just assumed the picture of George and the, the oxen and the covered wagon was something to do with the berries. And that was also in my bunch of pictures that I put on in in, in the South Dakota History Facebook group. And George's grandson and his grandson's wife, they contacted me and explained what that picture was. So it was just a whole different story in itself that was just really, really interesting. And they had uh, had all the letters that George had uh, corresponded with back and forth with the berries on getting the oxen and everything. And I think in George's life, he did 14, I want to say, Highland oxen, of which most of them came from the berries. A couple other ones came from another founding member of the association, a man named Ray Carr, who I, who was actually from his ranch was in Valentine, but I believe he was from the Gregory or Winter area. So just having the oxen from the Double X ranch in Belvedere was George's connection to the, the, the association.
0: Sounds like uh, both families were kind of pioneers in crossbreeding. Not so
2: much George as he just used the oxen for uh, the highlands for the oxen. But yes, uh, the berries were very big into crossbreeding. Uh, I believe they started out with Herefords, and I, and they did some crossbreeding with Herefords. We have actual photographs of those. But he uh, he had a lot of Brahmas on his uh, ranch. He had Texas longhorns. And he even had a breed called the Africaner up there, trying to cross with highlands and crossing with each other to find a breed that could sustain itself on that that bad land type uh, range. They didn't ranch like we do nowadays. They would kick these animals out there and they would survive on their own for three to four years before they'd bring those steers in to ship them out. So they, they had to be tough and they had to be able to survive that environment with very little care.
0: The Scotch Highland cattle were brought over and helped establish the breed here in America, thus the American Highland Cattle Association, right?
2: Yes. Originally, there was no breed registry here in the U.S. So when the first ones came over, most of them did not come with their registrations because there was no place to record them here. And that was as early as like 1896. And there were actually some before that too. We just don't know the exact records on them. And then when Baxter got involved with the breed, somewhere in there, they decided that they needed to register them so they did a lot of research they went through a lot of highlands and they went through shipping records and farm branch breeding records to determine which ones were still pure so those ones that they determined were still pure were put in the her- the early herd book and then after that they started importing a lot uh, baxter was very much involved with importing uh, highlands from directly from scotland and then they just started their art the association that was actually started on the Double X Ranch in Belvedere in 1948. That was August 30th, 1948, was the very first uh, what we call the Founders Meeting. Those guys got together. They determined what they were going to do and how they wanted to do it. And then the herd book was officially opened, I believe it was February 15th of 1949, with the very first bull being registered by the name of Blue Hill, and he had registration number one. But every animal in our herd book, was meticulously documented. They may not have had the registration papers from Scotland, but they knew they came from Scotland by shipping records and, and they knew they were peer by farm records. So uh, there was a lot of animals that did not get in the early herd books that were in this country already because they couldn't prove anything.
0: Proving and finding that history back then, they didn't get to pop up the Internet or pull out a a flash drive or go to a herd association website to find the background. There's a lot of paper and I'm guessing a lot of boxes, a lot of contact that had to get made to be able to track these cattle back to guarantee that they they were pure.
2: I don't have the exact numbers, but they probably had to go through a couple thousand head of highlands. And I believe there's only about 200 that made the herd book. There were quite a few highlands in the country, mostly up in southeast Montana, or I'd say Montana in general, eastern Montana. There was a lot of highlands in the country back then, early 1900s to the 1920s, 30s, 40s, right about the time the berries showed up. Or at least about the time they, I I don't remember what year the berries first got their highlands. I want to say it may have been 1942. I have that written down somewhere, but I I just can't remember off the top of my head. So they had them for quite a while before they started, the, decided to start the registry. But when they did, they worked very closely with the Highland Cattle Society in Scotland. Really, kind of the glory behind the association now. Everything goes back to the Highland Cattle Society in Scotland. Baxter and uh, another man, Stanley Sloan, they and probably other early members made quite a few trips over to Scotland to work with the Highland Cattle Society and get cattle to import to
1: the U.S. Cattlemen, when you're looking to buy and sell cattle, look no further than Kimball Livestock Exchange in Kimball, South Dakota. At Kimball Livestock Exchange, you'll find cattlemen working for cattlemen with a sale every Tuesday. If you can't make it to the barn, you can watch the sale live on Cattle USA. Visit Exchange.com to view upcoming sale information. For more sale information or to consign, call the barn at 605 778 chat at 605-870-0697, or wade at 605-730-1801.
0: What excites you most about the exhibit? Is there a certain piece? Is there a certain photo? Is there a certain story? I'm most impressed with the photo. That was kind of a, a holy grail find for me. As I was
2: talking to a lot of Barry family members, I spent a lot of time out in uh, South Dakota in Belvedere and Kadoka talking to people. One person I got to meet was Nancy Phipps. She is Governor Tom Barry's granddaughter. And she she lives in Rapid now. She contacted me, and I went and visited her, and she gave me some photos. And then uh, she told me I had to talk to her cousin Shorty Jones from Midland. So I got a hold of Shorty, and I went out and visited him. And Shorty had the Holy Grail. He had all of Lindell's photo albums and scrapbooks. Uh, Lindell and Baxter didn't have any children, so you know most of us never knew where all that stuff went. Shorty had it all. I went out and visited him. He allowed me to take those photo albums to the Hall of Fame to be scanned. And those are the photos, most of the photos that we see in the exhibit. And it was full of Highland pictures. And that's what we were lacking. We had not many photographs of the Berry cattle, of their actual Highlands. And Lyndall did a very good job of recording everything and photographing everything on their ranch. For that, I'm forever, forever thankful. You know, Lyndall made that exhibit with her photographs.
0: Anything else you'd like to add?
2: Yeah, for me, the one thing that stands out is I got to meet a gentleman out in Belvedere who ranches just south and on some of the old land owned by the Barry family. And his name was Baxter Badiri. And I'd go out there and visit him quite a bit. And the one thing he showed me that he was most proud of is he had the chuck box out or one of the chuck boxes out of the Barry's chuck wagon. When the ranch was sold out, the the wagons went somewhere, but he got the chuck box. And it was sitting in the back of his barn. And it was, you know, it was just a beautiful old antique chuck box. Uh, I'm not even sure how old it is. But, you know, this was back, everything was done on horseback in those days and actually kind of still is out there. But uh, he allowed me to take that chuck box. And use it in the display at the Hall of Fame. And it just it just really stands out and it's a beautiful piece of antique uh, ranch history. And it's got the double X brand on it.
0: The American Highland Cattle Association is celebrating its seventy-fifth anniversary in 2023. With agriculture in depth brought to you by Sioux Nation in Fort Pierre and by Kimball Livestock Exchange. I'm DRG Media Group, News and Farm Director Jody Heemstra.